0: welcome everyone good morning good afternoon good evening as per respective time zone we were just waiting for everyone so welcome everyone so i am this side and today we will be talking about incident handling and data forensics in our security operation centers fundamentals so today's agenda is over here in event versus incident incident handling processes uh process the flow we'll talk about that what is digital forensics and uh, six years of forensics and determining an unusual activity like kind of a practical over there in terms of this see before we jump and talk about in terms of incident handling the very first thing is that you should know that what is the difference between an event and an incident every event is an incident or every incident is an event great so every incident is an event guys okay So when we are talking about an event, it's just the occurrence of something. And, you you know, some activity, as you guys have mentioned. okay? so just an occurrence of something. Whereas when we talk about incident. When that event which has occurred has an adverse effect. That will be considered as your incident. Right. So, an event is any observable occurrence in the IT infrastructure. It encompasses a wide range of activities and can be both routine and non routine. So, they are not necessarily problems or issues, they are simply occurrences that can be monitored for various purposes such as security, performance analysis, or auditing. Examples are like typing on a keyboard, receiving an email, updating a firewall, server reboot where else when we talk about incident incident is a specific type of event that has a negative impact on its IT systems and consequently on the business so it represents an unplanned interruption or reduction in the quality of an IT service examples are like DDoS attacks server room flooding malware infections or hardware failures right so I will give you a very simple example as per the definition which you are talking about, right? That every incident is an event, but every event is not an incident, right? So, for example, uh, if I say there was a login attempt, we got a log, we got to know that okay, there was a login attempt. So, login attempt would be what? Will it be an event or will it be an incident? So, for example, we got a login attempt for Siam's account. So, will it be event or incident? Event, right? Now, on the same thing, if I say that we found out that multiple login attempts were there for Sayyam's account, then multiple failure
1: login attempts, you can say. That is an incident that someone
0: might be trying to crack the password. Isn't it? Right. So that's why every incident is an event, but every event cannot be an incident. It's we have to make a sense out of it, you can say so in these scenarios what also we have is guys we have conditions actually that whether it is a false positive like we know when we get an alert so it is also like looked out for whether it is a false positive false negative true positive true negative for those who don't know about this let me give an idea
1: see four things are there guys four things are there True positive is there true negative is there false positive is there and false negative is there okay so what I'm gonna do I will give you some situations This is regarding attack this is
0: an alert so basically attack and alert will be on the basis of the events and incident only right so now see when you get an alert that okay you know it's saying that it that alert alert as in they're notifying us that something malicious is going on you now then we have to look into that whether it is really an incident or not okay so i'll tell you that see when there is an attack
1: and for that attack, if you're getting an alert,
0: that will be when there is an attack going on, and you're getting an alert for that. So, alert is saying that okay, there is an attack going on. So, alert gave us positive. And in reality, also, there was an attack. That means it is your true positive, correct? That the notification which we got is a true one. That okay, that it's, it's really an incident going on alert said there is an attack going on alert told us positive that there is an attack going on but in reality there was no attack that makes it false positive this would be something like this Uh, remember when we were talking about the correlation rule and i was saying that okay for one user account multiple login failure attempts were there which was more than three and within three minutes of a time frame remember that rule which we have discussed so many times
1: that for one user account one user account
0: multiple login failures were there when I say multiple login failures that means let's suppose it was more than three and that too within three minutes of a time frame correct so as per the rule as per the condition it should give us an alert agree now think about it let's suppose that account was of anusha we are considering a name anusha is an employee of an organization so that account for which we were getting multiple login failure attempts within three minutes of a time frame that account was of manusha uh, sorry anusha now now when we get as per the rule it is considering it as an incident agree because we got an alert and as per that alert we are getting to know that okay it is an incident over there but when we cross-checked it when we check the reality because obviously we have to check whether it is anusha or not so when we cross-checked it we got to know it was anusha only who was trying to access her account now let's suppose you know maybe anusha forgot her password that's why she made multiple attempts
1: so now what happened it
0: was the employee itself who was trying to access his or her own account that makes this not an incident now correct because it was anusha only who was trying to access her account not the attacker so it is not an incident anymore does that make sense so that makes this as your false positive i hope it's more clear now that makes it false positive because we got an alert that okay, there is an incident going on, but in reality, it was not the alert. Correct now, when at the alert said negative that no attack is going on, but in reality, but in reality, the attack is going on. That makes this alert this negative true or false? False, right.
1: I hope this makes sense now. Alert said negative
0: that no attack is going on. And in reality, also there was no attack going on. That means the information which was given by the alert is
1: true. So this become true negative. Clear? So when we have a situation like this, these
0: two are kind of a normal situation. See, like in case if there is an attack going on, so you should be notified for that attack. Correct. You should get an alert for that uh, um, alert. Sorry, for that attack, my bad. Right. So that is a good sit. That's a good scenario. So that you can quickly perform your response against those incident and true negative is kind of a very chill situation a relaxed environment you can say because negative means that there is no attack going on and false negative means yes yes in reality also there is no attack going on that's like that's a relief like you know alert uh, alert is also not bugging us and in reality also there is no attack going on kind of a chill life chill life false positive is like wrong alerts it can be considered like a frustrating scenario at times when there are a lot of false positive sometimes it is fine but if you are getting multiple 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 of uh, false positive so that's kind of a you know frustrating situation and this ni- uh, false negative
1: <laughs> this would be a nightmare to
0: the security because in false negative what it is happening is that attack is going on in the background but we are not getting any alert for that which gives attackers a bit more you know free space to perform their attack because they are not being monitored and they can do whatever they want to do after that makes sense so false positive as i exam mentioned uh, zero day attack any zero day attack that will be a false negative because our system security system do not know about that attack beforehand that is something new a new vulnerability has been identified so the system will be telling us that okay no attack is there but in reality a attack was going on in the backside. So that is what we were talking about in terms of the difference between the event and incident and scenarios like false positive false negative true positive true negative in related to that okay now Okay. these things are also logged, right? These things are logged, these things can be literally seen on your SIM solutions, which we have already seen, or those things look like in your SIM solutions. Now it brings us to the next concept regarding incident handling process and flow. Okay. So can we define this incident handling or incident response as your like a kind of a systematic approach, I would say which is considered or which is taken in order to handle your security incidents with minimal damage and better recovery time and cost cost benefit also
1: right minimal
0: damage good recovery time and also have some cost benefit so Basically, when you talk about incident response, no guys, incident response, it can have both. It can have your technical actions as well as it can have your non-technical actions. So when I am talking about the technical actions, technical actions which we will see or which are written over here also. Technical actions will be including containment, you know, eradicating, recovering from the incidents, right? All of these things. And some recommendations, recommendations in system changes. In order to provide a uh, protect our systems for the or from the future incidents. Whereas when we talk about non-technical non-technical uh, actions in terms of incident response, non-technical actions would be like creating a communication plan, okay, or including like communication with the operating uh, incident to employee. Okay, that is what non-technical communicating the incident to employees to stakeholders responding to media dealing with legal issues or a you know actions which are taken regarding policy uh, violation as well so i was saying like if there is any incident uh happening because of any insider threat correct so when you found out obviously what you will do will you be terminating his contract after that will you be firing him from the company right if there is any disgruntled employee we call them as a insider threat when they are part of any attack or incident within the organization, obviously we will be firing them. So, while firing them, will you be including your HR in that process?
1: So, can we also say now for incident response, your HR will also be required?
0: Part of the team. Any incident happened, will you be facing some legal issues? Because violations will be there.
1: will we be including our legal representatives in that scenario because they have a knowledge of the legal side of it
0: yes right so that's why i have mentioned like you know we have technical action teams and we have non-technical as well so instant response carries out both technical and non-technical Technical would be as i mentioned team from the hardcore team because those will be containing eradicating and you know uh, recovering from the incidents non-technical would be like including uh, include communicating with uh, the incident to employees responding to media dealing with the legal issues uh all of these things and all of these things are happening over here in this particular phase workshop uh, first we close it close as in first you will be removing each and everything okay first you will make sure your system are recovered okay they have their data back into them and they are you know back to the business process after that you can disclose it so what happens over here as you can see in this image also in posts and activity we have done instant documentation, instant impact assessment, incident review and policies, and then close incidents. Like to disclose to others whether or not we want to do that. Clear. So this over here, I have given you an image. Like I have pasted an image over here. I hope everyone can see that. This is actually a good elaborated process flow of an incident handling. This is a great process flow of your incident handling. So, what is happening over here?
2: Anyone? Okay.
0: See, so anyway, um, I was just asking about this process flow if anyone has any idea about these process flow of incident response. So, this is incident handling process and flow. We have seen multiple, uh, you can say, processes in terms of Incident handling, but they all fall or they all boil down into some in the same picture only. This is a quick overview and detailed overview, I would say. Okay, so NIST, you might have seen for NIST also in terms of incident response process, you might have seen preparation, detection, analysis, containment, eradication, recovery, and uh, post incident activity. So I was just giving an idea about this one. See, for NIST, if you talk about NIST in terms of their incident response life cycle I was saying what it does it go for the preparation detection analysis containment eradication recovery and post instant activity to give you a brief idea about this one what it does it does the preparation first preparation means preparing ourselves first in order to thwart or not let the attack to happen on the very first phase or in the very first place okay we're not letting the attack to happen on the very first place apart from that we see do we have a policy defined for this incident response or not okay do we have preparations for it or not any strategies are defined or not if not then we set it up right we go for the management approvals we'll take the fund um, we build the team we aware the team we we, we you know um, prepare the team for such scenarios you know and these kind of we, we train them so these kind of activities are part of your preparation Preparation is like also having a playbook, instant response playbook. When we say instant response playbook, it means there is a playbook in which things are written beforehand. Things are written already are mentioned in that particular playbook. playbook that in case if DDoS attack happened, what all things you need to do to control it. So playbooks are defined, just like you know for football, you might say there is a playbook like which managers read. Do you know strategize according to that that in case if other another opposition team is attacking in such a way then how we can defend it what all formations we need to implement what man marking we should do something like that okay so just like we have an instant response playbook in which if any attack happens things are already defined over there that what all things what all steps need to be taken in order to control the uh, control that particular incident clear that is all part of your preparation clear so far for the preparation part so once preparation is done, that case if there is an attack happened let's suppose there was an incident we do the detection and analysis since so remember I told you like we try to determine whether it is really an incident or not or it may be a false positive correct or whether do we need to implement incident response team for the same thing or not so that will be part of a detection and analysis Once it goes for detection analysis, that okay we have defined it is an incident, then it goes for the containment first. Do you guys know what is containment? Anyone containment? So if we are saying, let's suppose there were three systems connected in the network. Let's suppose four.
1: Let's suppose. One, two,
0: three, and four. If two and four got affected by any malware, if they got compromised, let's suppose they got co- uh, compromised by the malware, what we are going to do is we'll put one and two, sorry, one and three in the network. And in two and four, we will be having any other substitute or alternatives in plan which can be implemented in the network to fulfill their responsibilities. Meanwhile, this two and four, will be separated out into an another network a private network you can say a separate network where they both will be connected to each other in order to see the functionality of that particular malware right so what we have done from the main network from the main network we took them out and put into a containment zone just like when corona happened what happened when any person was identified of corona positive We put them into an isolation ward, right? We put those patients into isolation ward. Why
1: we put them into isolation ward? Because
0: it will stop the spreadness of that coronavirus, right? So similarly, in terms of a system in the network, we will quarantine or we will contain those systems separately in a different network. A private network which will not impact us in order to analyze that particular malware which infected it okay so we yes and after containment it goes for your eradication eradication means removing of that malware from the network or from that particular system like permanently giving the solution mitigating those things okay that is eradication remover of those malware detecting and removing it once you have removed it then you go for the recovery you use the backups you fetch out your data from the backups and you know put it back into the systems like two and four and then can you see there's another arrow which is pointing out towards again detection and analysis. now if everything seems to be fine if everything is all good you go for the post incident activity so what we do guys like whenever these operations are performed in between like preparation detection analysis containment education recovery post incident activity like these things are being recorded as in reports are being created documents are being created and at the end once the system has been recovered what you do you sit around with uh, sit around with the incident response team your managers and you discuss about the fact that okay what all improvements we can make like you know how that attack happened what went wrong where we fell short and what all things we need to implement now in order to make ourselves stronger for such kind of an attacks so that such kind of an attack will never happen in future again so if new policy need to be defined we define the policies if any changes in the policies are need to be make uh, need to be done they will be done if new see new security controls are needed to be implemented new security controls will be implemented you know and so on so that you know it's like a lesson learned so that such activity will never happen in future again so that was from NIST perspective right then this is same thing but in a more like couple of more steps you can see has been added over here right a bit more are there so we have preparation for instant response instant recording Is it a security incident or not? If no, not classified as security incident. If yes, incident is handling and response team is assigned to it. Then incident analysis and validation is done. We call it incident triage. Validation, classification, prioritization of that incident is done. Incident is done over here. Then we send the notification to the management and stakeholders. Then we perform the containment, evidence gathering, and forensic analysis, like where digital forensics comes into the picture eradication then recovery and then post incident activities like their documentation incident impact assessment reviewing revised policies and then closing the incident and the disclosure is done okay so regarding this what we can do we can talk about this in more detail i like i'll uh, define each and everything so kind of a, something similar which we have done but yeah more in detail that one what we can do it's almost a break time so we can have a quickly five minutes break and we can continue after that sounds good from here as we've discussed so far in the entire incident response process so ir went to ir is a short form of incident response okay so as I mentioned this is kind of process where we find the incident when it occurred okay or its impact and its cause so here it's like you know um, this entire process flow which we have over here it's 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 like managing you no know, the incident response processes like we have preparation detection containment eradication and recovery in order to overcome you know that impact of an incident like very quickly and very efficiently that's why we have incident response team for that so incident response process they are very important uh, you know in order to provide a very focused and structured approach so that we can do what we can restore the normal business processes or normal business operations as quickly as possible okay and we have to make sure that we have minimal impact to the business okay so in instant response processes or process we, we we have what we define policies we develop the protocols we develop we, we build the instant response team you know We look out for the organization's assets. We plan incident response procedures. We also get the management approvals. We create a report. We prioritize the incident, you know, and then we manage the responses. Okay. So, here a good communication should be there between, you know, those individuals who are responding to an incident, as well as we should have a guide, you know, uh, them to detect, analyze, contain, recover, and prevent those incidents. So this process might differ from organization to organization, but generally everything boils down to these things, which I mentioned over here. All right. So very first one, like these processes, the in itself are in details. By the way, just to uh, give an idea, but this is an overview. Like preparation has its have its own uh, detailed chart, uh, instant recording assignment heads its own detailed chart, triage has its own detailed chart, notification heads its detailed chart, containment heads detailed chart. When I say chart is in uh, flow graph, okay. So very first one is preparation. So first phase of incident response is to face the security issues. So preparation for this will be including like performing audit of the resources and the assets to determine what is the purpose of the security. We define the rules over here. We define the policies. We define the procedures. You know, which will be helping us to drive our incident response processes. We'll build our incident response processes will train our incident response team right so it, it we have to make sure that how ready we are right in order to handle those incident as quickly as possible and in an efficient manner correct so all like you know we'll be gathering the required tools training the employees defining policies procedures every that bit of it okay then it goes for the second stage which is incident recording and assignment So the preparation phase is then followed by our incident recording and assignment phase where we'll do what initial reporting and recording of the incident take place where what happens initial recording of incident. Initial reporting and recording of incident takes place. So in this phase, what we do, we do identify the incident. We define proper incident communication plan for the employees and it will be including communication methods like forming, uh, you know, um, IT support personnel will be there. They will be raising the tickets. Like their ticket system is there, correct? Like whenever any incident is there. Obviously, you'll be raising ticket and, you know, define uh, whether it should go to the incident response team or to your senior team like that, correct? So ticketing system is there. So uh, when a user or any employee, I would say, they report any suspicious behavior in their system to the i.t support staff when any user or employee reports any suspicious behavior in their system to the i.t support staff what do they do they raise a ticket okay there is a ticket or you can say token just like when you have made any com uh, you know uh, customer care call you might have noticed they said okay just wait a second let me raise this thing to my senior manager or executive manager ever make uh, have you ever done any customer care call so you talk to them and when they are not able to resolve your issue they say okay let me raise this to my senior management or you can say to my executive management or if your wi-fi is down right if your wi-fi is down you raise a ticket that my wi-fi is not working send any person so you're raising a ticket over there isn't it the same thing happens in the organization also I hope that makes sense right so you raise the ticket that you like you know any user employee will be reporting any suspicious behavior to the it support staff they raise a ticket or token about those irregular behavior and then assign a member from the incident response team in order to analyze that issue so based on the ticket okay the incident response team will look into the issue and and if it qualifies as an incident your incident response team will be assigned to it and the compromise device will be sent to the incident response team for further investigation else else this no portion is there this no portion is defining the else section else the issue will be considered as resolved and ticket will be closed when you when your incident is assigned to your incident response team incident handling and response team assigned c then it goes for this incident triage okay these are the keywords guys you should always remember that so when you go for the interview you know when you uh, put these keywords it, it gives you a really good impression over there it gives an idea that okay you know the people knows the flow how incidents are being resp- uh, you know um, how the incidents need to be taken care of. so they give the situation they give the scenarios and those scenarios can be answered using this flow chart very efficiently so in incident triage in this particular phase your incident will be analyzed and validated Okay, so incident will be categorized and it will be also prioritized in this phase, right? So, you know, uh, we'll classify what kind of an incident it is then we'll prioritize that incident, obviously high, medium, low. As per that, as per the priority, we'll be handling those incident, isn't it? Like which one need to be sorted first? What all people need to be assigned for that? What are the crucial ones which has been affected? Those will be having high priority, you know, this kind of a way. That's why having an inventory of the asset is also important. Remember when we talk about having an asset in- inventory, asset inventory is there, correct? So asset inventory means we try to also determine which are our crucial assets, or crown jewels we call it, which are the important ones. So which are whatever the, are the important ones, those will be having the high priority also because they have a lot of data, a crucial data which can impact the entire business, right? So. In short, the incident prioritizations are done on the different different factors on the basis of different different factors. So then the notification will be occurring after that, like see, uh, incident response team will further analyze the compromise device to find the incident or incident details like what kind of att- what type of attack is there, its severity, the targets, its impact, the method of propagation, how attack has happened, the attacker, what methodology attacker has used, you know, like how they have like succeeded something like that from one system to another system this way and vulnerabilities which has been exploited so these details will be helping the instant response team to scale its impact and determine the priority to solve it okay then it goes for the notification see it is also important generally people miss out this factor the step four which is notification here so, this incident information will be informed to various stakeholders, including your management, your third party vendors, and your clients. Okay, so as soon as the incident is confirmed and validated, your incident responder will communicate the issue to management for gaining their approvals and permission. Because in organization, can you guys do anything without the approvals? Think about it. Absolutely no, right? The- approval is really important and it matters a lot like many organizations they do not have like you know this process flow so they lack in it because many times like you know your um senior managers they get angry because they are not being notified so for example you know uh, there was any incident or there's any phishing email in your vip customers you know and you block their account or you can see you you know revoke the access. In order to protect that account, but you didn't notify your CISO. You notified your VIP customer, but you didn't notify your CISO. So your CISO will be mad for that, because it was a VIP, and you know he's not getting an upgrade for that. So depending on the, you can say, uh, severity of the incident, your notification should also be
1: taking place. Make sense? Right? It's it's
0: it's equally important. So after notification you can say containment is there kind of a hand-in-hand hand. they have to go in quickly manner so i would say like with the notification phase your contain uh, containment phase follows where the incident response team will do what they will be containing the incident so containment of incident is the very crucial phase and it has to be performed in order to stop you know the spreading of infection to uh, other organization assets correct then it goes for the evidence gathering and forensic analysis so after containment phase uh, these are evidence gathering phase i guess someone was asking for the same thing right i told you data data forensics is played over here it comes into the picture over here so all the possible evidences which are related to the incident you know they are collected and they are submitted to the forensic department in order to investigate the uh, evidence those which has been gathered. So analysis of an incident would reveal details like, you know, the method method of attack vulnerabilities which got exploited, uh, network devices which got infected, application which got compromised, you know, uh, the pathways, how the incident has occurred and if you are able to get the perpetrator, perpetrators in the attacker, that is also great. So using this information about the incident your incident response team can do what they can eradicate the incident and its occurrence in future by blocking its propagation methods like you know of its uh, movement how it is growing flowing in the network then it goes for the eradication eradication fees as i mentioned uh, here your incident response team will remove or eliminate the root cause of the incident and then close all the attacking vectors to prevent the similar incidents in future So eradication method will be including like patching of vulnerabilities, replacement of malfunctioning devices, installation of better security mechanism, including malware signatures, you know, all of these things. So when someone said patching in uh, post incident, that's why I told you patching will be part of eradication only because we are removing it. right? We are securing ourselves from it. Then is a recovery. So once we have eliminated the cause of the incident, your incident response team—they'll be like restoring the affected systems, their services, the resources, and the data through recovery. Okay, so it is kind of a responsibility of the incident response team to make sure that there is no disruption to the service or business of the organization regarding that incident. So we need to recover the compromised devices, any application or systems, you know, as soon as possible, either by replacing them or fixing them as quickly as possible. And then finally, is the post-incident activities. Uh, as I mentioned till this stage your incident will be contained the system will be recovered and all the tasks that are to be performed by the incident response responder after this stage falls under post incident activities like your incident documentation will be there your incident impact analysis will be done you'll be reviewing and revising the policies and like uh, you know you'll be disclosing that incident so incident documentation is there with the very first one in this one here in documentation we will be documenting our incident responder will be documenting the complete process starting from the detection from the detection to recovery you can say okay detection to recovery so this document will be helping us you know for the future reference in order to understand the practices which were employed to handle the incident okay So we'll be you know looking into it like how we can assess the losses review the policies we'll make changes to the security you know something like that an incident impact assessment so after completing the formal process of incident response from the incident you know recording till documentation your response team will perform the incident incident impact analysis where by analyzing all the information they will assess the impact of damage or loss which was done by that incident to the organization and organization's assets okay so impact analysis will be checked or done then we review and revise policies so once we have assessed the impact uh, your incident response team will review and revise the policies preparation and protection procedures security controls will also be checked and these kind of things and these things are done so that we can prevent such future incidents okay then we'll simply close the investigation so incident will be thoroughly investigated documented and you know appropriate policies are reviewed and revised and then in uh, at the last your investigation is at the verge of its end and the investigation will be terminated officially in this phase and then incident disclosure is there so once you have identified the impact of the incident incident response team will disclose the incident after closing the incident formally after closing the incident formally, your incident response team will discuss with the management whether to disclose the details of the incident, um, you know, to the public communities or not, or to customers of the organizations, media, like that. So that thing is done as a part of your disclosure if it's required. Then we disclose it. Data forensics is a branch of forensic science. That involves the investigation and analysis of digital devices and electronic data to gather evidence for legal purposes. The primary goal of digital forensics is to uncover, preserve, analyze, and present electronic evidence in a way that is admissible in court of law. These are the key keywords. Okay. So basically, see, digital forensics, as I mentioned, just like your normal uh, forensic process, which I have told you previously, also, digital forensics is there in order to help you to figure out the root cause or you can say root cause analysis of that incident in order to catch the attacker as well so in digital forensics uh, you can say evidence are gathered okay evidence uh, like you know uh, would be something like which are like data which are not visible to your naked eye correct so in terms of evidence let's suppose there was any laptop mobile phone hard disk anything in those hard disks your data is stored Correct in those hard disk, your data is stored. Correct, that is your evidence. You will be collecting that evidence, but when you are analyzing that evidence, you not do you do not do entire operations on the original evidence. Okay, what I meant with that is, see, a normal crime scene, we the entire team is doing going to the crime criminal or uh, crime scene, like you know, wearing their suits, their kits, having cameras to record the entire uh location uh that crime spot and they'll be collecting the evidence in some bags and then analyzing it in the lab forensic lab uh to see like how that person got killed what was the medium right how that person like what was used whether they were poison or he was shot point blank from which kind of a bullet and so on correct so basically in this digital forensics the same thing happens we'll go to the crime scene
1: we uh you know that
0: crime scene basically we'll be y- using our cameras clicking the pictures of that place okay taking the picture of that place and recording each and everything investigating people over there okay we we'll investigate with the people as well Okay, take their interviews or you can record those things. Apart from that, you know, you collect the evidence. You collect those evidence in a Faraday bag. Do you know what is a Faraday bag? Faraday, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y.
1: So it not let any waves coming from outside
0: to inside. On either from your inside to outside yeah so soon for digital evidence what happens in this one guys, that uh you know you collect the evidences and those evidences when you're collecting them you know uh, they're collected in a very secure manner so that you know you're not corrupting the original evidence because then it will not be admissible in front of code you cannot reboot the machine just like that because what if a malware is already placed over there? that 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 triggers as soon as you reboot a system that can be done right and it will be releasing all the uh, erasing all the history and you cannot perform all the analysis in your original evidence as well you do word guys you create an image of that original evidence you create an image of that original evidence exact replica you can say okay and then you perform the operations or analysis on the image and whatever you conclude then you represent in front of court because if you make any changes in the original evidence it will lose its integrity and then it
1: is not admissible in front of court. okay so you
0: do what you create an image of it clear and when you collect the data, when you collect the data from the uh, evidences, you go from volatile memory, like you go in terms of order of volatility,
1: more volatile to less volatile.
0: More volatile to less volatile. When I say volatile, as in uh something which is very temporary which can be removed easily for example your ram cache registers data correct so as soon as you reboot your system these memories these data will be gone but as an evidence these are also important right so you go from these more volatile to less volatile as in something which is in your hard disk Chain of custody is also maintained guys chain of custody means there will be a documentation which will be maintained and we keep the record of each and every person who is handling the evidence and how they're handling the evidence at what time at what place at what time uh what date so that in case if there are any changes in the original evidence we'll get to know who did it so that's why anyone everyone like you know whosoever is handling the evidence be recorded in a chain of custody what all methods they are using on that uh, evidence what all operations they are doing on that evidence each and everything will be recorded each and everything that is documented and that documentation is known as a chain of custody <clears throat> so digital for uh, digital devices play a role in criminal activity like you know uh, it has like fe- uh, facilitation of crime So communication like criminals they can use digital devices to communicate with each other you know and they can plan the crimes so this can include using encrypted messaging apps social media or even online forums research and planning can also be part of your facilitation of crime so criminals they can use digital devices to research their targets and plan their crimes this can include like things like looking up maps and directions finding vulnerabilities in security systems and even learning how to make explosives execution of crime can also be part of your facilitation of crime so in some cases digital devices can use can be used to directly execute a crime for example a hacker might use a computer to launch a cyber attack a thief might use a smartphone to steal someone's identity that way evidence of crime digital devices they can store a wealth of evidences uh, wealth of evidence that can be used to investigate and prosecute the crimes so, this can include like you know the text messages, emails, photos, videos, even browsing history. So, even if criminals try to delete evidence, it can often be recovered by forensic investigators. This is because digital data, digital data is rarely truly deleted. It is simply overwritten with new data. Right? Target of crime, digital devices themselves can be target of crime. For example, thieves might steal laptops or smartphones, or hackers might target computers to steal data or solve malware surveillance and espionage, so spyware and surveillance tools like criminals they may use data devices for spying on individuals or organizations this could involve like you know the use of spyware or any other surveillance tools to gather sensitive information Illegally eavesdropping data devices like your smartphones computers may be exploited for illegal uh, eavesdropping or wiretapping like man in the middle attack right Social engineering and manipulation, so you know, phishing, so criminals use digital communications to engage in phishing attacks. Uh, <coughs> uh tricking individuals into providing sensitive information or performing actions that compromise the security, right? So these kind of ways are there. So role of these are the role of digital devices in a crime scene. In forensics, what do we have? We have six A's, which is poss- popular for six is very first one is our assessment like six A's of forensics serve as a set of guiding principles for the collection analysis and presentation of detailed evidence so these principles encompass assessment acquisition authentication analysis articulation and archiving assessment means this is the first phase of the process like it tells you that what you do when presented with a case and need to determine a course of action over here so you determine scope and quantity of data. You identify the repositories that could potentially hold some ed- evidences, like your hard disk, memory can be the place where malware can be found, right? You protect and preserve over here. Okay, uh, like you will collect and protect them in Faraday bag. Chain of custody is part of your assessment. Preview the data, you know this part. Acquisition here, your analyst will be acquiring the data in a forensically sound manner. So that they can conduct the investigation so they identify the source media or the suspected disk like what is my source then where i need to store that data and how much data to be stored and what data needs to be stored will be select the acquisition parameters you identify the destination media or the image disk right you select the acquisition parameters you create the image creating the image is part of your acquisition only right then authentication. Authentication means, like you will be calculating uh, the hash value for original source and the image. If the both matches, that means that is exact replica.
1: See, you have
0: original evidence, and as per we discussed that you cannot operate or you cannot investigate anything in your original evidence, right? So for that, what you do? You create an image, and when we are saying image is an exact replica. How can we conclude it? How can we be assured of that image is an exact replica of the original evidence? We do it by using hashes. So what we do, we create a hash of original evidence. Let's suppose it's hash A, and we create a hash of image also, hash B. If they both matches, that means they this image is the exact replica of your original evidence. Acquisition simply means how you are acquiring the data in a forensically sound manner like you know with all the correct steps so that you can perform the investigation after that acquiring storing the data
1: creating the image of it is also part of your
0: acquisition then further we go for the analysis so after the analyst has acquired the image they will perform the analysis so they will perform the analysis over there like you know uh offline analysis will be there offline analysis is in uh, your investigator will be collecting the evidence before analyzing it an investigator has to travel to the suspect systems location and bring it offline to acquire its hard disk remote is remote investigation uh like performing the investigation on a remote machine right so here investigator needs to configure and deploy the appropriate software in advance for that so you have to identify and decrypt any password protected, encrypted files, recover deleted files using appropriate tools, documenting the file names, dates, times, check for active and deleted emails, you know, this kind of a thing. Articulation is the next one. Articulation means like after the investigation, investigation your investigator will be, uh, investigator probably has the evidence and information which are relevant to the case. So in articulation they will be documenting it. They will be documenting the findings. okay so that even a non-technical person can understand the report because that has to be represented in front of a court remember that is admissible to court and archival after the investigator has detailed the findings and the case has concluded investigator must archive the data and finding in case like you know we archive it just like our messages we archive them just in case like if if your investigator has to readdress the case in future we can take it from the archive place okay that is why archival is important clear <coughs> just to give an idea about how things looks like in the security sections and you know uh, just just a quick um, you can say demo of it in a short manner uh, we'll be using wireshark to see how things looks like on the defensive side and offensive side okay all right. Wireshark is a network analysis tool. You can say, like whatever the net traffic is being flowing from your machine, you can see those things in a Wireshark see regarding the protocols as well. Anyway, uh, I'll just quickly show you that.
1: If you're performing a scan, you know, from the offensive side, if you talk about it.
2: Okay,
0: 168.9.129. Okay, if you're trying to perform a scan and trying to determine what all ports are open and what all services are running in the other machine or in the target machine, you have performed the scan using Nmap. okay? And we got the results. But how can you determine the same thing in your <clears throat>
1: um, defensive side? So, what you do, you look out for those things over here in the wire See, can you see a lot of red flags over here?
0: Like red, 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 red is there, correct? A lot of things are in red. If I go for statistics,
1: uh, analyze, okay. Expert information, can you see this thing? Warning.
0: And a lot of reset flags are there. Reset flags are being sent. It means someone is trying to abruptly close the connection. So, what happens now when you perform an map? Sorry, this one. When you are performing a scanning, the attacker was performing scanning. No, this scanning has a property. What it does, just like a three way handshake, let's suppose A is your attacker, B is your target or victim. A will be sending the SYN flag to which B replies back with SYNAC. As soon as B replies back with SYNAC, A will get to know what all ports are open. Okay, because if the port is open, it will reply back with SYNAC. Now A will be sending the reset flag in return to abruptly close the connection because A does not want to establish the connection over there. Instead of that, A just wanted to know what all ports are open, what all services are running over there. That is what A wants to do. So in order to see this, if in you know shock if you see such kind of a results that many uh, you know reset flags are there,
1: that is kind of an alarming situation now. Using this information, what you can do, you can go for your um, flow graph. Mind this flow graph.
0: If I select for TCP because this is a TCP based only. Can you see now now notice one thing. The entire traffic to the victim machine is going from one IP only can you see this.
1: Huge amount of traffic huge amount of traffic. See.
0: Reset, 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 sin, synac, reset, 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 reset. Right? So this is something which is suspicious that one particular IP is sending huge amount of traffic. And if you should check the time zone or time also, time duration will be very close to each other. So that means what? Someone is trying to scan our network and trying to determine what all ports are open so that they can. Perform an attack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why we get to an alert, right? If someone is performing it. Generally, we try to block it first, but in case if it's we are getting, we can like put an alert with the time in respect to time.